in your Bible to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 2. 2 Chronicles, chapter number 2. If you have a Schofield Bible, it's 490 on your on your Bible. And if you don't have a Schofield Bible, we're selling them in the bookstore at a giveaway price. I even thought I'd just drop by and talk to you today about what a great God we have. He's a great, big, wonderful God. I was looking in the stone book for uh, God is greater, and I couldn't find it. But of course, if you look, you'll probably find one entitled How Great Thou Art. I think sometimes we minimize just who God is and how great God is and how wonderful God is and uh, how just marvelously, wonderfully gracious he is to his people. I read for you just uh, five verses, please, I guess, in your Bible. In chapter 2, 2 Chronicles, the Bible says, And Solomon, Determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. Solomon, the wisest of all. Solomon, the wealthiest of all. Solomon, the wittiest of all. Solomon has decided in his heart and been led of God to build him a house. Verse 6, what kind of house? But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and the heavens, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Here the wisest man of all is going to build a house for the wisest God of all. And what kind of house would it be? One of the seven wonders of the world. Shapen in the quarries, brought to the building site, and never the sound of a hammer. Or the chipping of the chisel. Everything was mined and designed and built off site. Because on site, there was not a hammer allowed or a chisel allowed. Everything in the quarries was brought to site, cut to perfection. Every cedar tree that was hewn down and hung for the service of God was cut, planed, chiseled, and performed off-site. When they brought it on site, it fit perfectly together. Overlaid with solid gold. The walls, the floors, the 
the furniture, everything overlaid with gold. What a sight that must have been. I wonder if God could have trusted a Baptist with all that gold. I'd hate to have an invitation, had every head bowed and every eye closed. And raise up and one of the tables were missing. I'm just playing with you now. Verse 2. And Solomon told out three score and ten thousand men to bear burdens and four score thousand to hew in the mountains and 3,600 to oversee them. 70,000 men uh, to bear the burdens, 80,000 men to hew in the mountains and prepare the wood and 3,600 lead men, supervisors, and foremen for the job. Over a period of some 20 years, it took in building that house. What a marvelous sight it must have been. And Solomon sent to Huram, the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father, and didst send him cedars to build him a house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build a house to the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, and to burn before him sweet incense, and for the uh, continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbath, and on the new moons, and on the solemn feast of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel, and the house which I build is great. wonder why. Next phrase. For great is our God above all gods. Great is our God above all gods. Moses put it this way in describing God's greatness. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. A great God needed no chisel, needed no bulldozers. He stood out on the ledge of nothing and spoke the word, and everything we see came into existence. And that same God upholds everything by the word of his power even to this day. Moses, in describing the greatness of God, said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. David, in describing, he spoke this way, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. As Christians, we've done our very best to understand and explain God. We have our universities, we have our theology, we have our... Our, our schools of theology, we have everything you can imagine. We have our seminaries, we have our commentaries. Now, thank God we've got the Internet and Google, and you can always ask Siri anything you want to know. 
this evening ask Siri what her opinion of God is. And of all of our research and all of our knowledge, we have barely scratched the surface of understanding how great our God really is. Could I ask you please, how does a limited mind understand an unlimited God? A God who is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. And how do we understand the God? How does a finite, temporary being understand an infant, an eternal being? How does a natural being understand a spiritual being? I think we are so shallow in our knowledge of God that if someone would ask us to explain God, we'd be absolutely in a dwarf, if you please. Have you ever understand how does that which has a birth and a death understand that which is eternal and had no beginning and will have no end? I'm just wondering, the more we think we know about God, the more we realize how little we do know about God. Jesus spoke of God this way. He that gave them me is greater than all. Muhammad will have to bow at Jesus' feet. Allah will have to bend at the God Jehovah's feet, may I say. Buddha is nothing but a little fat dude that you kiss in his belly, and one day you'll have to bow at Jesus' feet. Our God is greater than all gods, regardless if it might be the God of pleasureism, the God of materialism, the God of secularism, the God of gods, whatever it might be. Our God is greater than all gods. Did you realize today what a great, big, wonderful God you have? You know, uh, John assures us that greater is he, you know the rest of it? that is in you than he that is in the world. This great big creation, marvelous, wonderful, all-powerful, omnipotent God is dwelling in us. Dwelling in us. While we have nervous breakdowns. While we have silly little habits we can't get over. Jesus said, without me, ye can do what? Paul said, but I can do what? All things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Folks, we don't know too much about this God. You just think about it if you would, please. An all-powerful, all-wise, omnipotent God, and we set so limited, if you would please. Someone said, God is like a Ford. He's got a better idea. Someone has said, God is like a Coke. He's the real thing. Others said that God is like Hallmark cards. He cares enough to send his very best. Someone has said that God is like tide. He gets the stains out that others leave behind. Come on, can anybody say yeah? And somebody said God is like Sears. He has everything. 
Somebody said that God is like Alka-Seltzer. Try him. You'll like him. I heard the other day that God is like Delta. He's ready when you are. God is like all state. You're in good hands with God. God is like Pan Am. He makes the going great. And God is like uh, Bear Aspirin. He works wonders. And I hate to say this, but God is like Leo 5. He holds through all kinds of weather. Can anybody say amen? Oh, yes, I'm telling you, God is great in his reward. The Bible said in Psalms 19, verse 11, To those that love his word, great is his reward. God is great in his goodness. Great is thy goodness for them that fear him. God is good. Have you ever noticed that God is good? Somebody said, God's been good to me lately. No, God's been good all the time. Just lately, God come up to your standard of good. God is always good. Can you say amen? Even in stormy weather, God is good. And God is great in his works. Oh, how great is thy work. Take, for instance, a hell-bound sinner on his way to hell, hooked on drugs, drinking booze, running women, and one bout with Jesus Christ, and all that's gone. I'm talking about gone, a brand new creature in Christ. Uh, uh, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm saying to you, only a great God could do that at the flick of a wrist and the prayer of God. May I say God's great in His works. God is great in His mercy. With great mercies, He gathers His children. Boy, I'll tell you, as rotten, as sinful as that guy was, he needed mercy. He did not need justice. Anybody with a head of hair like that needs mercy. Amen. Aren't you good? Aren't you glad God's great in His mercy, great in His works, great in His goodness, great in His reward, great in His forgiveness? He forgiveth all of our iniquities. Not one lingers in my life. Not one tiny one. Not one did God forget. Not one did he overlook. But he forgave every one of them. And the Bible said he cast them as far as the east is from the west on his back never to look at them again. You tell me another God like that. There's no God that forgives like that. There's no God like our God. He is a great God. He's great in his love. For with love, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Folk come in my office all the time and says, Preacher, I don't love her like I used to. I say, well, when do you think that happened? Well, I don't know. Just now when I touch her, my bell don't ring. I say, maybe your clanger's broke. Well, he don't love me like he used to. Or, you know, uh, waking up, blowing your dirty breath in one another's face for about 10 years, that'd do a lot for lust. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Come on now, say amen. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody could wake up and go to the bathroom before the mate saw him? God loves us. In good times and bad times, hard times and soft times, God loves us all the time. He's a great, big, wonderful God because he loves us with an everlasting love. 
an unchanging love, an eternal love. It never changes, but God commended his love toward us. And that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved this sorry, stinking world that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, God is a great, big, wonderful God. He's great in his works. He's great in his reward. He's great in his mercy. He's great in his forgiveness. He's great in his love. He's great in his power. He's great in his wisdom. And he's great, thank God, in his faithfulness. He'll never let us down. He'll always be there. Our God is greater than all gods. Well, now I guess I'll start preaching. How big is your God? I just want to know how big is your God? Is he big enough to forgive? Is he big enough to lift up when you're down? Is he big enough to knock you down when you're lifted up? Is he big enough to pull you out of the valleys of this old world and set your feet on a solid rock and establish your going and put a new song in your mouth, even praise unto our God? And many of the Bible says, well, sit and trust in the Lord. Is he that big? How big is your God? Is he big enough to make you fall in love with one another again? Is your God big enough to give you patience to get through the teenage years? Is your God big enough, bless your heart, to keep you going when you just seem like you've run out of gas? How big is your God? How great is your God? How observant is your God? How tentative is your God? I'm glad we serve a great, big, wonderful God. I can go up to the devil's crowd and tell him, my daddy can whoop your daddy. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can you say amen? Oh, I tell you, how big is your God? Is your God the one that stepped on the ledge of nothing? And with the word of his power, he spoke he carved the rivers with the fingers of his hand, pushed the mountains into place, separated the waters from the land, and looked back and said, it is good. Is it the one that created Adam before he created Eve? So he must have been a God experience, so he did a better job the second time. They don't stink, they're as bad. Look better. Smell better. They're just better. What do you think Adam must have said when he first opened his eye and looked at a blemish-free woman? Blemish. Not a wrinkle. Huh? The epitome of beauty. What do you think he said? I think in the Greek, it will be translated, Wow! <laughs> Amen. You heard about Adam going home one evening. And Eve said, Adam, 
Not that Adam up there. The one in the garden. Adam, do you love me? I mean, do you really, 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 really love me? Adam said, who else? Is your God a God of miracles? Is your God that keeps his promises? Is he the God of the Bible? Not of our own imagination. If he is, let me give you three things quickly. God is greater. He is greater than our past failures. Jesus said, Let he that is without sin cast the first stone. Jesus said, He that has not stumped his toe and made a mess out of his life at least once cast the first stone. There's none of us but what we've tripped and fell. There's none of us that has not dropped the ball, missed the pass, fumbled the ball. None of us are so perfect that we have not fallen short of God's goal in our life. None of us. So we have no right pointing our finger at anybody else and saying, I know, I remember when you were backslid. Now, some backsliders more are evident than others. Some are good camouflagers. But Paul had a problem. He said, that which I would, I do not. That which I would not, that I do. Any you folk have a problem with that? That which you don't want to do, you end up doing. That which you don't want to do, you do. And that which you do want to do, you don't do. And we just point our finger. I want you to know something this morning. And I want you to never, never forget it. God is greater than all of our past failures, regardless what they are. Most Baptists said, well, if you've had a divorce, you're unfit for church. The only sin I know of that's unforgivable is divorce. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, if you've had a divorce, you just, you can't preach, you can't be a deacon, you can't be a trustee, because you can't trust them. If they made a mistake, good night, nurse, don't let anybody do anything that has ever made a mistake. Dear Lord, how mercy. How many of you, when you dated your first little sweet thing, Dated her because of her convictions and her walk with the Lord. And you checked every crevice of her car and found a Bible in every seat in the car. You were looking for that one that God has got reserved for everybody. If 
she was a cheerleader. And had the right measurements. And everybody else wanted to date her. And you, like a big dummy, fell in line. And you won the prize. Now you've won three or four prizes since then, but you won that prize. A failed marriage, a failed relationship, a failed occupation, a failed contract, a failure, 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 failure. Thank God he is greater than all of our failures. He's greater than all of our bad decisions. Thank God Paul struggled with it daily. He said, I wish I wouldn't do that, and I do it, and I wish I would not do that, and then I'd do it. And he said, I, I just have found the real problem inside of me is a brand new law warring against my members. Every time I want to do right, that says to do wrong. And it seemed like wrong is more fun than right. But then he found an answer. He said, but thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our God is bigger than all of our failures. He's bigger than all of our fears. He's bigger than all of the failures. Thank God we have a great, big, wonderful God. You're loved no less because of your failures. God's grace is bigger than all of your failures. The road to recovery now might be a rocky one. You say, I've been saved, and that's the end of it. No, you've been saved. That's the beginning of it. I don't know ever told you that if you get saved, everything will be all right for the rest of your life. No, everything will be all right in eternity. But it's going to be a struggle against the flesh and sin and the devil. But I got news for you. Greater is he that now is in you than he that is in the world. I don't know why. It's so easy to say no. Can we practice on three? Let's all of us just say no. Now, that word is a terrible word for our kids. Daddy, don't you know how to say yes? No. <laughs> no, it's easy. It's easy. If I would offer Kevin a Bud Light, the easiest word in the world for him to say, no. No. But there's something inside of him saying, I'm thirsty. And you just accidentally picked my favorite brand. No. No. Just because you've been saved don't mean you're not have to use that word. No. No. There are certain kids that my kids are not allowed to be around. And if you're your kids, that's tough. And I don't mind telling my kids, no. 
certain music my kids wasn't allowed to listen to. Now they slip behind my back and listen to it, I'm sure. Because they're kids. And they're stupid. Can you say no? On three. One, two, no. See how easy that is? No. Next time the flesh starts singing, that pornography sure makes me feel, wow. No. No. 65% Christian men are addicted to a pornography. 25%. of the preachers in America are addicted to pornography. Idiots can't say no. No. Some of you are going to be tempted to stay home tonight because you don't need church on twice a week. All along, you know what it says in the Bible. Forsake not the assembly yourself together is. You need to learn to say to yourself, no. But thank God, he's bigger than all of our failures. Hmm? If the devil could, he'd have us remorse, hanging our head about what's happened back yonder. Not me, buddy. Not me. I don't want to go back. I don't want to smell like I used to smell. Talk like I used to talk. Hang around with the same old bums I used to hang around. No! My God is too big for that. And too great for that. We need to recover. We need to admit your need. You need to rely on the Lord. And you need to commit to growth. You need to elevate your progress. And you need to make yourself accountable to God and to somebody else. You having trouble with pornography? Get somebody in our church that don't watch it. And get accountable to them. You addicted to booze? Find the biggest drunk in our church and get addicted to him. I mean, <laughs> having trouble being critical? Make yourself accountable to somebody. Let somebody else help you control your speech. But I want you to know something. God's not holding anything against you you did back yonder. God is greater than all of our failures. He's greater than our present struggles. Did you hear me? We got folks in here this morning struggling beyond measure financially, Emotionally, morally, domestically, we have folks here this morning that's about ready to throw in the towel. They don't know what to do. They don't know what direction to take. They don't know what's going to go on. But I got news for you. That same God that created everything, upholds everything, sent his son to die for your sins, loves you so much that he gave his own life just that you might be saved. That God is bigger stronger, more powerful than anything you're going through right now. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me.
Thank God I've never gone anywhere by myself since I got saved. He's bigger. Our struggles can be summarized in three categories. Struggle with the world, struggle with the flesh, and struggle with the devil. They're always in those, those categories. And we always have to struggle with the world. Any of you ever watch the news? You struggling with what's going on? Russia bombing and America bombing and Obama bombing and are you struggling with what's going on? Some of you are struggling with Trump. Trump ain't struggling. He'll tell you, I don't need your money. Amen. He said, I'm rich. I'm smart. And I got hair. And it's mine, thank God. Mine's not even mine. <laughs> but are you struggling? Are you struggling with ISIS? Are you struggling with Al-Qaeda? Are you struggling with the Muhammad? Are you struggling with all the Muslims that's going to be moving in? And let me say something to you. If they bring the Muslims in, that means they're bringing their faith in. And that means Sharia law. And that means uh, jihad. And that means, are you struggling? Are you struggling? I want you to know something. The God that we serve is greater than all of our struggles. He's bigger than all of our fears. Why, let me tell you something. The best night's sleep Daniel had in 70 years was the night he spent in the lion's den. And that's where the song came from. I could have stayed all night. only time the Hebrew children ever got a glimpse of sweet Jesus was in the fiery furnace. Struggles necessitates the presence of God in our life. And God will never leave us or forsake us. He's that great, big, wonderful God that if you should find yourself in the lion's den of this old world, he'll give you a good night's sleep. And if you find yourself in the furnace of fire heated seven times hotter, sure as the world, you'll be able to say in the fourth, has the image of the Son of God. <laughs> Can you say amen? And when the torrential floods of this old world tries to cover you in, remember Moses, when he held out the rod and said, let God be God in the water. Is there anybody here today realize what a great, big, wonderful God we serve? He's bigger than all of my failures. He's greater than my present time struggles. And we all have struggles, do we not? Family struggles, occupational struggles, financial struggles, emotional struggles. We all have struggles. And I'll just bet you, if I was a betting man, everybody's got a struggle right now. Everybody. Even these young folk over here struggle. One of the biggest struggles I ever had in my life was when I graduated from high school. That was a miracle right there that I graduated. One of the biggest struggles... I ever had in my life 
It's when I graduated from high school. And then I asked myself, now what? What are you going to do the rest of your life? I got news for you. You can't play football and play games the rest of your life. Life is more than a cell phone. And one of these days, these kids are going to have struggles. Some of you mamas are going to have struggles of them leaving. Not me, buddy. When I saw that car with those cans tied behind it, going down the driveway, saying, Catch me! You know what that meant? Go! <laughs> Guess what? They came back. Amen. You know it's true. But whatever your struggle is, and you've got it, whatever it is, don't give up. Our God is greater than your struggle. At my age, I've had every struggle in the world that anybody could ever have, I suppose. Let me leave this way and I'm done. God is greater than our future challenges. Huh? Our future challenges. Life is a challenge. You ever notice that? You have to get up. You actually have to get up. It would be good if you put clothes on. It might bless everybody else if you sprayed something that smelled good on. But life is a challenge. I mean, it's just a challenge, buddy, just to pay the bills. But I'm confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in me shall finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Are you glad of that? You say, preacher, I don't like it. You ought to have seen me 50 years ago. You say, preacher, I, you ought to be kinder. You ought to have been around 50 years ago. You ought not get excited about that. You ought to have been around 50 years ago. He's still working on me. And by the way, he is your mate too. And he is your kids too. Because he's a great, big, wonderful God that knows all, sees all, realizes all, wiser than all, more powerful than all, and ever present for us all. He's a great, big, wonderful how can you say no to him? He is bigger than all of our struggles. He's bigger than all of our fears. I've had uh, six kids, 342 grandkids, several great-grandkids, and I enjoy them all. I honestly do. I honestly do. I like being around kids. I, I like being around these young folk. It remembers, makes me remember that I was once young. But I need help with my struggles. And some of these I can't handle, folk, I want to tell you. Sometimes my mind just goes bazooka and starts wondering. They became vain in their imagination and the foolish heart huh, became darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, 
they became food. Do you know anybody like that? Then once in a while, I, I, I need help. But I thank God I got a big brother by the name of Jesus who said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And the Bible said, he that gave them me. You know, I've been quoting that wrong for a long time. I've been quoting that a long time, and he that gave them to me. That's not what the verse says. 1 John 1. 1 John 4. And in John 10 and 28, listen. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For my Father which gave them me. You see, the Father gave Brother Burge Jesus. And the Father which gave Brother Burge Jesus is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. For my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You better watch picking on me. My dad put the holy whoop on you. I've got three sons. One of them smart and two of them are idiots. Well, the two idiots is always in trouble. Cause they're so much like daddy, I suppose. I've got one boy, he's red-headed. He's quick-tongued, quick-lipped, quick-mind. He's always whooping on somebody mentally and verbally. Well, he's not very much with these, but he's real good with these. And all of David's life, he's a little one. David will always get somebody mad, and they're going to whoop David. Before they did, David said, could I please introduce you to my big brother, Gene? Now, Gene wasn't very good with this, but he was excellent with these. Could I introduce you today to my big brother, who is greater than all, who created it all, upholds it all by the word of his power, laid down his very life for you and I that we might have eternal. Man, we've got a great, big, wonderful God. How long has it been since you talked to him? How long has it been since you thanked him? How long has it been since you showed any gratitude at all for what he's done and doing for you? 